Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. What's up, girls, days, and gays? How are we doing today? I hope everyone's having a beautiful week. I know I am. The weather was really warm. We had like like such a heat wave here for a week. It was like in the 90s. It was like 100 degrees one day. Just one of those situations where like you just don't even want to be outside. So I hope everybody survived it that you're doing okay, that you were able to stay cool and hydrated. And here we are. It totally rained yesterday, full torrential downpour. Anyway, I want to talk to you today about something I was working on with my coach. And I really want to bring it to you because it was so impactful for me. We were talking about me taking better care of myself. (laughs) Or rather that it is my business's job to protect its assets. And I am all the assets at this point. And I think I mentioned a few weeks ago how I was feeling a bit burnt out from all the extras I had committed myself to. And I had not done a good job of protecting my energy. I was just like giving myself away to whoever asked for a piece of me. I also wasn't giving myself the time I needed to come down from the experiences properly and really process all the feelings that had come up in doing all these things. And some of them were really great, right? I was like really excited, but there was also some, you know, nervousness and overwhelm. And and so, you know, that all, all of it needed attention. Even excitement is an elevated energy, right? It's a heightened energy, that um, is burning up more energy. So we kind of have to look at like, how do I recover from all of these um, like dialed up emotions after the fact? And so when we were talking about this, it brought up the discussion of preserving the quality of my impact and that I cannot be giving at the highest level if I'm available to everyone all the time. And her example was uh, Louis Vuitton releasing the new Nike sneaker collaboration. Like, they're not mass-producing those things, right? There's a limited amount. And as we were talking about this, the image that popped into my mind is of the Hermes Birkin bag. And now they have become sort of a renewed interest of mine lately, I just really want one so bad. And it will definitely be a purchase I make when my business grows to a certain level. (laughs) Um, But anyway, this got me um, brainstorming, right? I got off the call and I started brainstorming about some of the words that I wanted to associate with me and my business that are going to help me limit people's access to me. And so I started with looking up the bags and I found this like matte black crocodile 
with palladium hardware. Oh my God. It was like fucking to die for. I mean, this bag, it resells anywhere from like $45,000 to $90,000. I mean, it it's so gorgeous. Anyway, <laughs> some of the words that came up for me in my mind, right, when I was thinking about like limiting limiting people's access to me, protecting my the, the me as an asset, were looking at this bag, I was thinking about like, well, look, there's like quality, um, the craftsmanship, p- attention to detail, and then other words like limited, right? There's only a limited amount and exclusive. And that one kind of struck me because if you've been paying attention, like I'm an intersectional queer feminist life coach that believes in diversity and equity and inclusion. So like, how is it that I can want to also be associated with exclusivity? This was like really hard for me at first. And I initially, I went to this place of feeling like if I'm seeing myself as this rare luxury good, like maybe this isn't the right image, right? Because then I am somehow trying to manipulate my people by instilling like this feeling of scarcity. And that really didn't feel good. So I needed to take a step back and I didn't have to throw out this idea. So I think sometimes when we come up against roadblocks like this or like sticking points, we'd like automatically think we need to like abandon the, um, the idea. Like I need to abandon this comparison that I'm making but like for me, I just brought it back to what the what would the purpose of the exercise is, right? So I needed to both limit my exposure so that I can perform at my highest level while still also being inclusive. That was the goal. So how do I do this? So I had to first like interrogate what exclusive means in this context. And so all it means here is that I'm not for everyone and I cannot serve everyone. And so what does it mean that I am not for everyone? Well, I serve and speak to a certain portion of the population. That is my niche, right? So the image in my head of the person I am talking to is a queer person of color, creative, who most likely identifies as woman, trans, femme, or non-binary, That would be like what some people would call my ideal client avatar. So that does not mean I will not work with people that don't fit those descriptions or that you have to fit all of them. It just means that my message is narrowed to them. And this is who I'm seeking out as customers to give money to me in return for my services. And it really helps to um, focus my messaging, right? So in a sense, my message is exclusively for them. But I also have free content, this podcast included, right? That anyone of any identity has access to. And they make a lot of value out of it, even if they are not my target. And some of those people might even want to hire me. And that's where like inclusivity comes in because I have the capacity to like hold space for and understand someone's lived experience that is not like my own. And so I feel very confident in being able to coach people who 
are not like me and who also are not necessarily my target audience or that share a few of the same identities as my ideal client avatar or none at all, which is completely possible. So that is one way in which I'm exclusive. It's around my niche. And I can conserve a lot of energy, and I already do, right? I've already figured out how to like conserve energy when I, again, limit my message. I have the, I have an idea in my head of who I'm talking to, and I keep it intentional and focused to that person. And now I'm not like following squirrels all over the place, but I'm like, this would be a great idea for a topic. And I have to like, it might be a good idea, but I have to check it against like, is this for my people? When I'm thinking about my people and I have this image in my head of who I'm talking to, I hold up any ideas up against that. And if it doesn't, then I don't spend time on it. It's just gone. So the next way I think about how I'm exclusive is that even with the people that I am for, like if we decide to work together, they do not get constant uninterrupted access to me. So we have our appointed time and I'm available between sessions if needed through text or email or DM, but I don't use Slack or Voxer to communicate with my clients between sessions. Like this is just a boundary for me. So if they need me outside, right? And this is the thing, you can, if you have Voxer or Slack or any other type of way of communicating with your people, right? If you're in a, in a situation where you see clients or you have a group or whatever, you get to decide. This goes for anyone, email even, right? Like if you're someone who sells physical art, you get to decide how you manage your inbox. You get to have boundaries around your inbox. You get to decide how long you take to get back to somebody. And this is especially important now because I think a lot of us have gotten into this this idea that we need to be constantly available and that we need to be to like answer text messages and, you know, client inquiries immediately. But that is not the case. And if you find yourself in that space, that's something to really look into and be coached on. Because like, why are you feeling like do like that you need to do that? And do you have any kind of boundaries around your time? And if you do have boundaries around your time and you are not honoring your boundaries around your time, why is that? The other thing that this means in terms of working with my clients is they also don't get uninterrupted access to my mind in my free time, meaning that I try hard not to be thinking about them all the time. This is hard for me <laughs> because, you know, I'm sure like many of you, it's very easy as solopreneurs, like in a service-based profession, to be constantly thinking about our clients, to be constantly dreaming about ideas for content. And so... We have to create boundaries around our free time where we will not be thinking about business. This is where like the conversation around like flow, like getting into a flow state comes in. So we want to check in with ourselves. Like if I just feel inspired and I'm like kind of getting into a flow, you know, I can figure out how I want to deal with that, right? Do I want to take time away from the thing that I'm focused on? Maybe it's with my family or my friends or just myself. Like if I was like, this is reading time, but all of a sudden I get like, ex- like an idea like about 
one of my clients, like, well, how do I want to deal with that? Can I just like jot it down, like take two seconds to jot it down, put a note on my phone? Um, do I need to like excuse myself from the person that I'm with? Is that something I want to do? Right. So we just get to decide what those boundaries around our free time look like. But we do want to make sure that we're intentional about that because it is so simple or not simple. It's so easy to just let our, like let our minds go off in thinking about our clients and then really supporting ourselves with that, with stories like, but it's important. It's my clients. It's my business. I have to, right? And that's just going to show you that you're in some kind of weird, like maybe scarcity place or hustly kind of energy that you might want to check. So these are just two of the ways that I can protect my time and energy while still maintaining that high level of quality, right? Because I'm being more intentional about the way that I interact with my clients, that means that when I do interact with them, I'm going to be able to be completely focused on them so that they're getting me at my best. Another way that I can do this is to be more considerate with my calendar and to have rules about the amount of time I spend giving to the world in the form of live classes, podcast interviews for other people's podcasts and guest coaching and teaching and other people's programs and traveling for work, like what that looks like. So this one is actually a little harder for me because of the tendency to people please. So I like want to be able to say yes. And the idea of restricting access to me in these situations gives me like an icky feeling. Um, And like, it's kind of that, like, I'm creating this scarcity or I'm letting people down or that, like, you know, maybe I'm trying to, like, increase their interest in me by limiting my availability, which is not true. Um, But like I was talking about with selling and marketing and how we are taught to be manipulative, like, I've seen so many people trying to create urgency by saying that they have limited space available when it's just not actually true. But what is true is that, like, what is true for me is that I have limited time and energy. And when I'm thinking that, I'm manipulating them, right? It's me all up in someone else's business. Like, and I'm I'm not responsible for their feelings. So I can't make them feel scarce or urgent. But when I'm thinking that, I make myself scarce. And then on the back end, right, I'm like ready to throw in the towel or at least like hide myself away for a month or two while I recover. And this certainly doesn't serve anybody, right? I'm no longer able to give to people in any capacity. So forget my like highest quality. I've got nothing. And then, right, there are the times where I might deliberately pack my schedule or like those few weeks where I was just not paying attention to my schedule. Like, what do I do then? So... What I don't do is what I did this last time and keep pushing through until I'm ready to exit civilization and live in a cabin in the middle of Montana somewhere, right? If I'm able to plan ahead by being more aware of what I'm choosing, then I can also make sure that I plan appropriate time for recalibration. So like when I got back from Austin in June, I literally planned social events every day that weekend after I got back. So I got back on a Thursday and I had something Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This was a huge mistake, right? In hindsight, like I should have just done one. And that would have really 
been enough for me, right? To like also give me some downtime before I went back into the work week. But I didn't do that. But then again, if I am stacking my schedule, like the other thing is the time I take between things. So what there was a day that like I did a live coaching call and then I coached a client and then it, I, then I did a podcast interview. Like I did all of that in the same day. And this was not wise because I know myself. Like I know myself well enough to know that I can't do more than one like very extroverted thing in a day right? Even coaching takes energy, right? As it requires me to interact, but I can do several calls in a day because it's sort of the same kind of interaction. And when I'm coaching, I'm a little bit more passive. It's very much like I'm I'm watching and observing and listening to the client and it's less of me, right? But like interviews and classes have more of a performative quality. So they do need to be separated out because, doing more than one of them in a day is going to be too much, especially if I have clients on a day like that. But that day, that being said, I did have some breaks in between, right? Like looking back on that day, um, I did not acknowledge the energy strain and did not use those breaks to my advantage, right? I, I kept myself going instead of decompressing. So in the event that I can't get around having a stacked schedule because like, I want to do all the things, and this is just the way that like they're falling in my life at that moment, I can be more intentional about using the space in a way that serves me and, and being able to manage that day and not be totally wrecked by the end. And then finally, one of the concepts that really helps both me and my clients is this idea of B minus work. It's something that my teacher, Brooke Castillo, teaches. And a lot of us are perfectionists. So when we set out to do something, we're not settling for anything other than our very, very best. And this is also a huge drain on our resources. And it's especially in the places where the difference between B- and A- is really negligible when it comes to us achieving our goals. Now, this might seem like antithetical to the idea of creating high quality, but remember, you are your biggest asset. So like an example is if you don't get the font just right on your sales page, this has very little impact on whether or not people buy. But spending hours and energy on that decision means you are taking resources away from an area that might actually have an impact, like maybe your copy. (laughs) So um, can the font just be good enough? Like, can we settle for B minus on the font so that you actually have the bandwidth to get clear on your messaging? This is what I would consider to be something that's going to have more of an impact on your overall achievement of your goal, not the font. And you get to decide what those things are for you, where like doing it just good enough is enough for you. And this is where like the exclusivity comes in again, because like not even every part of every project needs your highest quality. It doesn't need all of your attention. And I'm going to I'm going to offer that like if you're listening to this podcast especially by nature of who you are, right? Your standards are already higher than most. And the time spent worrying about details that will not ultimately affect your bottom line when they are probably just fine is a terrible use of your time. Because again, your your standard for quality is already set so high. So these are these are the all of the different ways that like 
I was able to kind of work through what it means for me to be exclusive, to be limited in a way that serves me and my clients, right? Um, I took it, this is the process that I used to take me from like modeling myself after a high-end luxury handbag, right? And like getting clear and how everything gets better for everyone involved when I think about being more exclusive when it comes to my time, energy, and attention. If this was a fun topic for you and your brain started to like make connections, I'd love to hear about it. I'd also love to know what your Birkin bag is. So what is your thing <laughs> that like when you imagine um, you as your business and your business, what is that that thing that you can make that connection with that's going to help you to sort of figure out what your standards are and how you can help preserve yourself as your number one asset in your business. Have a great week, peeps. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.